Welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn. Uh, I'm joined by uh, my co-host Chris Hawksey today, um, and also Anthony uh, Wetham from uh, from LinkedIn. Uh, we're here to talk all things um, LinkedIn recruiter projects, booleans. Um, yeah, I'll give, give Anthony the uh, the opportunity to introduce himself. Hi, Anthony. Thanks, Dan. Uh, nice, nice to see you both. Um, yeah, I mean, things like that, right? I'm Anthony Wetham. I, I work for LinkedIn. I've uh, been at LinkedIn for five years and I'm an account director uh, based out of London, working with UK-based or certainly UK-headquartered uh, recruitment teams. Cool. So we'll jump straight in then, Anthony. So you've been at LinkedIn for five years? Yeah. Yeah, um, and I guess when you first came into LinkedIn, you probably had, didn't have much knowledge of the, the platform and what it can do. <laughs> that's pain, painfully accurate Chris so uh, my background's a little a little weird and wonderful so I, I left university I joined Michael Page on a, on a grad scheme did two years there uh, then recruited myself into into one of my roles whilst I waited for a slot to to come up in the armed forces I joined the army uh, going in through through Sandhurst was in the army for just under six years uh, where I did some weird and, and wonderful stuff in, in different parts of the world and um, left there with the, safe in the knowledge that I could I could manage projects and I could manage people therefore I'd go and be a project manager uh did that for sort of five months and, and whilst in project management got a tap on my shoulder from a guy who was a manager at LinkedIn called Anthony Broadhurst who was my mentor when I was at Michael Page and went come and come and have a look at this and I went I'm not sure I want to be in, involved in recruitment and he went okay go and do your research and come back to me and um, so I sort of went back tail between my legs the next day going, I'm, re I'm really interested in, in what I understand is a, is a fairly large tech firm um, and kind of understanding what I could do there. But I don't understand the platform, the tool, how you make money, because as far as I can see, you're a free tool uh, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I came in with minimal level of understanding. And in terms of Boolean, because Boolean is always the question we always get asked about, you know, it sounds like this kind of black magic. So I guess if you were to, to describe to someone what is Boolean, um, how would you describe it in maybe two, three sentences? So Boolean is a type of coding, uh, in essence, in its most simplistic form. So it uses and, or, and not. So you would create what's referred to as a Boolean string of, for example, saying, I want to find project managers, not recruiters um, and very simply that boolean string would be in inverted commas project managers in capital letters not and then in inverted commas again recruiter um, and it would just search through a database so boolean is a form of coding used to search a database and dan i'll see when you first came into the wonderful world of wonderful world, world of recruitment i guess boolean was also an unknown is it something that's quite easy to pick up can you can you learn it quite quickly or is it something you need to have a lot of experience kind of understanding to therefore implement correctly you can learn it quite quickly but but like with everything people like to find their own styles with them the, the way they work for their, their their respective markets in 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 the best in the best way um yeah i i would say that some people would definitely better with them with them than others but be patient and and it's it's a bit of trial and error with with boolean Sure, and I guess a very, very broad question to you, Dan, then, because um, I, I guess you use Boolean on, on a regular basis. So if I was to ask you, how does it work? How, what would be the most simple way of you explaining that? Well, like, like Anthony said, right, it's a, it's a search query made up of ands, ors, nots, 
Um, you can cluster different categories together by using uh, brackets. So for example, if you were looking for a uh, Java developer, let, let, let's use that as an example, um, a Java developer as a job title may call themselves a Java developer, they may call themselves a software developer, they may call themselves a software engineer, they may call themselves a back-end engineer, uh, and, and, and so on and, and, and so forth. Uh, you could you could cluster these within an open and a closed bracket and, and quotation marks to uh, lock in the um, if it's more than one word you, you want the word and you want it to be displayed in a set way you can um, you can identify them by using speech marks um, and th and that's one of the ways that, that we use boolean to, to help us in our searches I think perhaps Anthony might touch on it later in the in in, in the podcast but LinkedIn has a lot of powerful functions um, relating to a lot of the fields that you might use as a as a, as a technology uh, technology client like job title functionalities and, and the likes yeah and uh, thanks thanks for taking me up there I think the um like LinkedIn and LinkedIn recruiter in particular uses boolean as our background coding so we appreciate that not everyone has the mindset that is comfortable with like and not and creating a, a string so we we use what you're used to using so we use bubbles and so you would in my example of a project manager uh, not recruiter uh, type in project manager press enter it'll go into a bubble that starts to be it's in its own boolean string then type recruiter hit the little no entry sign that's within its now blue bubble the blue bubble will turn red that means not and we just make it more user friendly so Yes, useful to know and understand Boolean. Um, the reality is we are conscious that we need the UX of, of LinkedIn Recruiter of, of LinkedIn to be as, as simplistic as, as possible so that idiots like me uh, can can jump on and, and, and very simply know what they're doing and, and not need to know all of the ins and outs of, of a Boolean string because I, I'm, I'm coming here looking for an individual, not coming here to increase my knowledge of a, of a of a form of, of coding like that, that's not what i want to do what i want is, is something quick and simple to use i think that's the great thing about sorry chris to interject about linkedin as a tool like 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 you say it has boolean but supported by all of your um boxes that are essentially based off of the same uh same same search functionality yes that's a great point um, I know we're going to talk in, in some kind of specifics about some of the functionality of LinkedIn. So I thought it'd be useful just to caveat now before we start uh, with the difference between kind of LinkedIn recruiter and LinkedIn standard, uh, you, you call it .com, Anthony. Because um, LinkedIn recruiter is basically a, 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 an add-on of premium products, isn't it? Yeah, so LinkedIn recruiter is one of the ways that, that LinkedIn makes its money, right? So um, you have LinkedIn.com uh, that was created in essence initially as a, as a sort of wine club, um, I want to be able to connect with, it, it quite literally was created as a wine club, uh, I want to be able to connect with X, Y, and Z uh, because I know them, it would be useful. My sort of Rolodex of, of business cards feels a little outdated. Um, so I want to be able to connect to them. So on LinkedIn.com, which I'll refer to as .com, uh, on .com, you can search within your third degree of separation. So your connections, their connections, and their connections um, you can have a maximum of 30,000 connections I've never met anyone that is that popular uh, that, that hits that many and we very 
consciously set that limit because LinkedIn isn't for the world to be connected to the world. Um, by Bill Gates, we're by Microsoft. We all only have 30,000 connections. Yes, you have followers that can just follow your activity, but in terms of having that individual connection, uh, my advice to everyone on .com is I connect to people that I can help, that can help me, or that I've met, or a combination of those, of the three of those. Um, we've got 750 odd million members on the platform. We increased by one person, uh, sorry, two people a second. Um, so what? Ultimately, you, when in your search for an individual, may not have the right people within your network. Therefore, Recruiter gives you the ability to search all members um, and to siphon down using boolean strings, using our methodology to go, right, I want someone that um, recruits in the IT spec, or, or I don't know, is a .NET um, developer um, that lives in London, but is willing to relocate to Bristol, that plays the harp and that's first name is Miranda. Um, and we're about, yeah, cool. Here are the three people that hit those criteria. And here's the ability to reach out to them and to message them, regardless of your connected status. And then on top of that, we'll give um, hints and tips, uh, in essence, that, that allow you to make that messaging stick so all right that you you actually have this in common you're in these groups together or your your connection x already knows miranda maybe reach out to them for a uh, for an introduction or drop in that you know each other or whatever it may be to make that first initial message land and get a response and what kind of person would want to upgrade to LinkedIn recruiter? Obviously, I appreciate full-time consultants of, of people in recruitment, but also hiring managers. What size business do you think they should invest in in LinkedIn in, in recruiter? And what sort of prices are we talking broadly? I know, I know there's going to be a scale depending on how, and maybe they don't want to discuss that. But um, if you can give a, a broad price pricing wise, uh, it's very dependent on the size of your organization. So we're, we're, we're an open book in terms of what our, what our pricing is. It doesn't, like I'm one of 16,000 people. It's not as if I can go, right, this is your price and this is yours. I don't have that power. Um, but we do everything in economies of scale. So if you are buying one recruiter license as opposed to buying 50, it, you're, you're, you're looking at a, a sort of two to three times, times the price. And everything just decreases in price, the number, that, uh, the more that you get. It's it's logical in terms of economies of scale. Um, who should be buying it? I work for LinkedIn. Everyone, everyone should be buying it. Um, I think the reality is that we see, uh, I'm going to split between what I'm going to refer to as clients direct and um, recruitment firms. So uh, recruitment firms, their model will tend to be, that everyone has access because that's how you are. We will tend to see a, firm that is a client direct, so a client hiring directly into their um, their firm will have fewer people with, with that functionality, depending on your size. If you have an HR department, they'll tend to have the, the talent acquisition team, the HR team with, with licenses. But inevitably, that is smaller than you will see with a recruitment business. Um, you may see hiring managers on there with a recruiter license. It's less common, significantly less common. 
Um, but it depends on the size of the business. If if the hiring business is also the CEO is also the the person that greets you at the door, uh, then of course. Do you have any data? That'd be quite interesting. Do you have any data on the percentage of technology end clients as opposed to agencies, consultancies that that use the recruiter platform? Uh, LinkedIn will. I don't at the, at the tips of my fingers. Yeah, that, 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 that'd be interesting. So, so I know one of the things we, we wanted to touch on was um, the in-mail function as, as, as a consultant myself, that's obviously something I've been using for, for quite a number of years. Um, can you just explain to the audience, Anthony, what, what an in-mail um, is and yes. how do they work? Yeah, so an in-mail, I'll, I'll, I'll remove some myths that, that re-emerge sort of once a year as well around in-mails. Um, so, an email is a LinkedIn email in, in its most simplistic form. So it is utilized by someone to reach out to someone that they are not connected to and arrives in your inbox with a with a message with the person's face attached to it um, with varying degrees of success. And those degrees of success tend to depend on um, whether or not it feels like spam to the person opening it. So I will spend a lot of time coaching clients around, um, yeah, if you send me a message that says, Anthony, I've got you the perfect job, I'm probably going to tell you where to go uh, if I bother to reply to it. Because the reality is that you have no concept of, of what is interesting to me. So um, in-mails and successful in-mails tend to pull people into a conversation. Um, it's very rare that someone uh, sends an in-mail and then there's a, a to and fro, I say very rare, I've never seen this, uh, a to and fro conversation purely on in-mails that results in, like, through just that in-mail conversation results in a job. So the reality is that those in-mails are utilised to get someone into a conversation, face-to-face, -face, phone call, VC, whatever it may be, and to understand more about them, what's going to, and, and, and to do either from clients direct, to do that sort of sell of this is us, this is what we're looking for, this is like we want to understand more about you or from recruiters, which tends to be more along the lines of like, I want to know what interests you Like on paper or on dot com on, on the screen. You look right. But I need to understand a little bit more about what, what it is that would motivate you so that we can make sure that we are providing that right fit. That it, it's as painful to us if you leave within two months as it is for our end user as it is for you. So we need to understand more about you. So those emails and the successful emails are those that are personalized and that say something more akin to Anthony that your experience at LinkedIn prior to that in the armed forces is really interesting because I've got a couple of roles actually where the hiring manager is ex-forces or you've been recommended to me by Zed because they've seen your whatever it is that is more than Here's a job. It's an amazing job. Do you want it? Like, no. <laughs> Which we see, right? We see, we see, we, we see, we see time and time again. And, and my next question was going to be, what, what are your, what are some practical, practical tips you you would be giving to to, to, to clients? And you touched on a few there. Personalization, I think, is something that is is so important. Like, uh, just getting a message that you can clearly see um, has just been. You, you're you're one of you're one of tens one one of one of hundreds is is uh, almost null and void now you're, you're wasting your time um you really do need to understand your your audience and, and who you're approaching why you're approaching them 
um, because we have, as as people now, just too much information out out in the open. There there are many platforms. Um, I think what you touched on it earlier, where you used the differentiation between connection and followers. If if you look at most of the other platforms, we're on their their follower led, right? So I think the, the way LinkedIn differentiates itself is that that connection is. Is, is the key difference. Are, are there any other practical tips you, you would give um, clients, Anthony, on the topic of like maximizing email response? Yeah. Uh, one of the things we, we always get asked on, sorry to interrupt there before you gave your, your great answer, um, is about kind of like character length and number of words. That's something we always get asked, you know, is, is there a science behind it? Um, or is it more just a case of pers person personalization? Sure. Look I'm happy with either of those in those cases. I th look, I think, Yes, there's a science. Yes, there's a science. But the science is individual to the person sending and the company and the brand that is sending. So I am more likely to respond to someone that messaged me if they message me from a company that I follow because I'm more aware of their brand. And I'm more likely to follow a company that I previously applied to. Very little on LinkedIn is, is done in a vacuum. Um, so the reality being that if you really want the best response, your brand needs to be recognized. How do you make your brand recognized? Well, you have jobs in front of people, your content marketing is strong and being pushed to the right individuals. Yes, it's going to go to your followers on LinkedIn. They're all going to, they're going to see every single post, but how are you pushing beyond that? And how are you ensuring that your employees are liking, sharing, commenting and pushing out your brand of access? So. I appreciate that's not a direct like how what do i say in an email that is going to land better and get a reply but it's the background work that actually recruiters are very good at um that's necessary to increase that engagement in terms of an individual email look remember that the person you're talking to is exactly that and they are a person and they are just as likely as you to go, this feels like spam, I'm going to ignore it. So yes, personalization is absolutely key. In terms of length of, length of in-mail is difficult. Um, remember that most in-mails are read on a phone. Now, personally, if you send me an in-mail an in and I've got to scroll twice, I'm insanely dyslexic, I've already forgotten what was, what was on the top of the first scroll, I'm, I'm not gonna get back to you. If you ask me for my CV, well, I don't have my CV saved to my phone. So it's impossible for me to send it to you in that email in that moment. I'm someone that on my phone, like I'm, I, I hate the red bubbles. I'm an iPhone user. I hate red bubbles. They all go. But once they're gone, those notifications are gone. I know I don't need to do anything. So once I've read that email, my red bubble, my red notification has disappeared. I don't have that reminder that there's an action needed, that you're not getting my CV. Also, why should I give you my CV? Don't, stop, don't ask me for something. When you have given me nothing um so many times you'll see an email that says if you're if this isn't of interest to you then please forward it on to someone that is like, go away i don't know you the whole point of this being an email rather than just a message from a connection is i don't know you so in the same way that, that a content marketeer will say give and give and give and ultimately people will then give back you need to do the same on an email remove as much as you can the word I from your message. I think like, I think this job opportunity is really exciting. It's great. Like, I don't, yeah, all right. But the person receiving this, I don't care about you because I don't know you. So rather like you, 
your experience like obviously if it, to make a sentence make sense and these word i they put the word i in but like to to as much as you can make it about that individual and make it very clear that if you're messaging me you're messaging anthony wetton and and it's me that you want to talk to and i, I am much more likely to respond to you than dear linkedin employee yeah cool i, I, I don't need to reply to it um, equally, if you look out for what candidates will say, so um, and we are in like we are in a market at the moment where it is hard to find people. It's it's back to uh, I worked in recruitment two thousand eight two thousand and nine, so recession time then, and it was a similar well not recession but similar time in terms of difficulty finding candidates, finding good candidates that are willing to move. I will clarify, you can find candidates, finding good candidates willing to take the job. Okay, and those good candidates are being bombarded. They are being bombarded because there are a lot of jobs at the moment. Like read any job data, FT, everywhere will tell you there are a lot of jobs live at the moment. There are supposedly people looking for jobs as well, but like, okay, well, why aren't they matching it up? Because good candidates don't want to move. Good candidates need persuading. They need mollycoddling. They need a relationship with the person. So reality being is that those that have the greatest success in terms of hiring are pipeline building and they're not if if i was going back into the world of recruiter and uh, recruitment using the tooling using linkedin tooling i would be pipelining talent so i would be talking to people not about this role but talking about roles like a role what would interest you in the future let me be candidate driven so that when you then get a job on you're able to say oh perfect that's exactly what candidate x has been looking for and we've already had these conversations i've already covered off a lot of like why they might get brought back to their client and everything else on that side the the danger that people fall in and sort of the worst in males worst in males that we see um would be like a job description um like do you want this job because the answer is binary like we're, we're the tech right so the the answer is ones and zeros so it's more likely to be a zero um, than it is for you to get it absolutely spot on. So broad speaking statements, remember that you're talking to a person and make it personal to them. And keep it relatively short with few asks because like, uh, to put it into a story term, like you're not, I've, I've got a fiance, so I have to be careful with how I phrase it, but I'm not going to walk up to someone in a bar and go like, here's my card, give me a call. Um, like you, you wouldn't do that. You would warm up a conversation. If you're interested in talking to someone, you would warm up a conversation. Do the same on your first introductory message online. And remember that your online self should be really similar to your offline self in terms of ability to have that chat. Conscious. <laughs> yeah. So something you touched on there, and it's about this idea of a personal brand. And one of the questions we actually got in was, um, does a hiring manager, an HR director, a, a or a hiring manager or whatever do they need to build a personal brand um using linkedin as a great as a great platform and why is that important your why is that important and implies that you agree that that yes of course they should have a personal brand um yeah look absolutely um should you have a personal brand yes and for a multitude of reasons so uh i'll start with when we when you join linkedin the day one at linkedin uh they will tell you uh you're going to leave LinkedIn. At some point, you're going to leave. 
LinkedIn. And what we want you to do is for your career trajectory to go from this to that at the point that you leave. Right? We want you to go on to bigger and better things. So I'm going to accept that everyone is at some point going to change jobs, whether it's internally or externally, wherever they sit. So is it important for you personally to have a good, of course it is, like, because people are going to find you on LinkedIn. Like they'll find you other means. I am not arguing that you can't be found in other methods, but recruiters use LinkedIn to find people. You are easier to find and easier to start a conversation with if you have some branding out there. Like it's much, when I'm saying personalize a message, well, it's much easier for someone to personalize a message to me that goes, oh, hi, Ann, I see you like motorbikes. Yeah, cool, I do. I'll chat you. Um, than it is if it's no photo, account director, project management, army, recruitment. Like, it's just not much to latch on to. Equally, if we look at it from an employer perspective, um, I wouldn't buy a pair of trainers without researching it. A pair of trainers. I am not going to go into work for a company that I haven't researched online. I'm going to research that in loads of places. It's not just going to be LinkedIn, right? Um, it'd be naive of me to suggest that it was. But LinkedIn is going to be one of those places, and I'm going to look at the people. And I want to be able to picture myself working with those individuals. It, I mentioned before, it's as important to everyone involved in a recruitment process that someone sticks there. So if you can give someone a feel of what you're like or what the firm's like online, you're already ticking that box. What you, what I emphasize a lot to people is that you've no idea how many people you, you've you completely missed that never applied because they went on and they're like, oh, it's soulless. Like, I, I'm not seeing anything on their company page that tells me what it's actually like to work with. You've no idea because they never even applied. Um, so make yourself as approachable as possible. Um, to put some more data behind that, the most conducted activity on LinkedIn is clicking on someone's face. If you have a face, if you have a picture, you get three times the number of responses to inverts. It's a person to person factor rather than traditional B2B or B2C. Um, our individual members' profiles and the background behind it. I, I couldn't. Sorry, I just kicked my, uh, kicked my desk so everything wobbled. Um, I couldn't emphasize more uh, by a small earthquake in the shed that I work from. Um, I couldn't emphasize more uh, the importance of that personal brand. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you, you touched on loads of great things there, right? I think that's been a mind shift. Um, I've been in the industry for seven years and, and personal brand, particularly over the last two or three, has been uh, something I've, I've seen recruitment companies and, and the technology world in general uh, adopt um, a lot more so than, than previous. It's definitely for me personally been a real been a real journey. Um, trying to to I think you said get your your online self as close to your real self as possible. Um, I think is I think is so so important. Um, you mentioned the you you're three times as likely there to to have a. a if you have a photo, you're, you're much more likely to get get responses. Um, there's a new feature on LinkedIn um, where you on your profile photo you can now have a video. Is that right? Is is there any co comments you can perhaps make on, on on that function? Is that something worth having as, as part of your personal brand? Uh, Harry Harry Potter mode, as uh, as we refer to it internally, uh, as your your picture moves. Um, yeah, look, it's 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 a, it's a what five second odd uh, introduction to yourself it's another way that people can, can kind of 
learn and understand more about you. I think it's equally important to understand that um, most people on LinkedIn are not looking for a job. Right? Like they create a profile because someone goes, have you updated your CV? Have you got a LinkedIn profile? That's the, the bulk of people make a LinkedIn profile for, for that reason or new students coming out and like the number of new students joining LinkedIn is, is crazy numbers. Um, I, I use that phrase because I don't know the numbers, which is, which is me swerving, me swerving actual facts. Um, but look, um, so the importance of your brand and what people are doing on the platform is understanding, okay, what's happening in my industry? Like what's going on? What are rivals doing? How can I win business through this brand? It's not purely like you need to improve your brands to, to push you and, and, and your career trajectory in terms of what's your next role or how do I hire other people? But it's also like we have an entire LinkedIn sales solution business built around how do you grow your connections and your visibility on the platform to ensure that you get more work for you in your current role and how do we drive drive that forward so yeah look that's key videos it's great like there's a uh, i can't put a forester i think that, that pushed out that by 2025 over 70 percent of, of linkedin usage is go, uh, sorry of um internet usage is, is video so of course we have increased increased functionality around that anything that works for you equally i I think I recorded one and then removed it because every time I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it being there. Uh, and I removed it. Um, but, you know, that's up to you. It's it's completely your your choice. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Th thank you for touching on that. So um, I think that one of the questions we had coming from one of the listeners, um, this was a, a, an anonymous um, listener, and they've asked, how do I look for a job or, or a new role without my current company seeing <laughs> I, I understand the anonymity. I was like, who doesn't want to know? Like, what are they going to say? Okay. Um, LinkedIn's overarching goals is to bring economic opportunity to the entirety of the workforce globally. Um, we don't want to remove your economic opportunity by making you have a difficult conversation with your boss. Therefore, if you search for jobs on LinkedIn, we don't make that public you can set up a safe search in essence that it gives you an alert every time your particular job function industry location comes up and every time there's a, there's a new role and the, the numbers of individuals being hired off job slots on, on LinkedIn is, is, is epic it's, it's great to see um so you can do that and and without people knowing I can't say that word today okay the other thing you can do you can turn on your like open to work and that open to work, you will have seen banners around people's faces. Now, normally, those are people that are currently unemployed um, or just being redundant or, or coming into the workforce, whatever. For whatever reason, they are happy to say, look at me. Everyone look at me. OK. And everyone on the dot com platform can see that if you choose to make it visible. But you can also make it invisible to public and only visible to those that have the recruiter tool. Um, and you're in essence saying, okay, cool, I would like to be looked at. And what recruiters will do using the recruiter tool is they'll in essence set up a safe search for an alert for whenever people turn that on. Um, and they're going to target them because it's it's lower hanging fruit. It's someone saying, yeah, look, I know not everyone on LinkedIn.com is looking for a job, but I am. Uh, and I'm here and 
and come and talk to me. Um, so that can be done without without anyone's knowledge. Uh, there's an obvious question then that says, well, hang on a second, I know my, my company has a recruiter license and we make every attempt to ensure that if you are both working at the same firm, regardless of if your, know, your HR team have got a recruiter license, they cannot see that you are looking. So if I turn mine on, no one at LinkedIn.com uh, can see that I am currently looking. Right. Uh, how foolproof is that? I'm sure there are ways and means around. Uh, that's that's my my legal caveat. Um, is that yeah? Is that if you work for the firm and you've got the recruiter license, you can't see that that person is looking. But, but equally, I, I think there's a there's actually another talk track which is which I have with um, a lot of my clients. All of my clients are, are recruitment firms, um, and the vast majority of recruitment firms at the moment are struggling to hire good recruiters. They're all growing. It's, it's an interesting market, but good recruiters, well, they're doing well. So do they want to move and, and, and how do you find this? And indeed, at the same time, they're trying to stop their own um, retention issues and, and, and the issues of, of losing individuals. Now, to a certain extent, if someone has decided that they're going to go, you, can, you, know, you can buy them back. You're, you're going to lose them later on. The, the reasons that you're going to lose an individual are going to remain there. Now, if they're purely financial and you buy them back with a you know 50% increase in their salary, fantastic. And then they go, well, why didn't you give me that before? And it, the, the reasons for looking, it still remains. So yes, I completely understand why you would want to ensure anonymity, yes, uh, anonymity when, uh, when looking for another role. In the same breath, and I appreciate LinkedIn is an anomaly on this, we will openly have conversations about, okay, cool, this is going to be my last year in this job like, because I want to move on. And actually, amazing if we're able to change it so that people are happy that they're able to talk around, like my next play will be either into, well, let's, let's use me as an example. I want to go back into managing a team. So like, that will either be at LinkedIn or it'll be elsewhere. And my, my boss, my boss's boss and all of my team are aware of that. That's, that's, that's what I want to do. And um, so ideally we get we get an, an environment where people are able to have that conversation equally. LinkedIn will protect you as much as we can um, from being public in what you're searching for if you're not able to have that conversation publicly in your firm. Cool. And one of the things you mentioned there, Anthony, and I apologise for the noise where I am for our listeners, um, is about setting up um, alerts. So uh, you said save search, and if you could touch on that very briefly, that's quite a key functionality for a lot of people listening to this. Yeah, so on Recruiter, um, and Recruiter is where I, I, I do my work, uh, you can set up a, a save search. To my mind, it is a waste of time if recruiters are going in daily and just running the same search over and over and over again. You're just going to see the same people, and you know, the search is returning. 30,000 people, how on earth do you know where to start? Um, so rather save your searches and we will tell you when someone new now hits those criteria. So in essence, you've, you've thrown out a net and whenever someone that now hits those criteria swims into that net, so they change their location, their job title, or that they're now open to opportunities, whatever it may be, open to work, so, um, then you'll get an alert and you'll get an alert to that on the, um, so member side on the person looking for a job yeah very simply you just 
uh, when you're looking for a job, uh, you go in, you fill in the criteria and you, you click save this search uh, and it's going to give you alerts every time something appears there. And equally, those jobs are going to, we're going to chase you around the platform. Uh, if we know you're looking for a job, it's going to appear in your feed. Uh, if you allow us to do so, we're going to send it to you in an email um, whenever there are new jobs. Um, and everything else. But obviously, you can tailor uh, how much we talk to you and, and how much we send to you. Cool, Dan, I'm going to pass it over to you to finish off with lastly the questions from our listeners, just so I'm aware how noisy it is in the office. Yeah, sure, that, 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 that's absolutely fine. Just looking at the questions, I think uh, another one that had come up from um, Carolyn, one of our listeners, she's a head of research group. Um, this is a question we get asked all the time, actually, um, so, so a good one. How, how do I find candidates that perhaps have unusual job titles or job titles that could mean different things within different companies? So, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's such a bad question. And on, we don't dictate what um, job title someone gives. Right? We, we can't. Um, but we will, when someone starts typing a job title, give them drop downs. So we always will try and bucket people in. Okay, useful, easily searchable buckets. Right. And um, if you are a CEO and you decide to call yourself Chief Stamp Clicker, it becomes harder. Okay, um, and that becomes harder for us to do, but there are a couple of workarounds. So these workarounds aren't on .com; they're they're only recruiter, and obviously there are going to be benefits to to recruiter. But in recruiter, um, a when you start typing out a job title, let's let's take an example where uh, software engineer, maybe senior software engineer somewhere else, maybe an associate elsewhere, or what? Like there are there are sort of levels of different software engineer or different ways of wording it now we appreciate that we understand that and we list them so if you type in software engineer we're going to list another 69 job titles that you can also choose whether or not you have in there so for ease for the I think your example down rather than the, your, your listeners um if they have different example different job titles for different firms but they're all probably similar that you search on that if you're searching for someone if you're trying to find those that, that don't have obvious job titles and LinkedIn doesn't even recognize them, then stop searching under job titles and let's start searching under their skills and their interests and firms that they've worked for in the past. So rather than you know, going after the, the, the three chief stamp clickers um, that, that exist out there, like realistically, we should be looking at types of industries that they sit in and, and just bring everything down by okay their skill set is managing PL or whatever it may be uh, and however you can filter that down but you sadly are going to have to be as imaginative as they are in terms of thinking through okay well what skills may they have listed and one of the great things for uh, recruiters hiring managers to remember is stop searching on what you would put in and start thinking about what might an individual put in in terms of how might they construct um as a brief example on that everyone at linkedin will code themselves up as internet for our industry so if you're looking for a cfo or the cfo at linkedin you're going to have to put internet industry finances as, as function if you're not searching under cfo and linkedin probably right so um but not everyone would do that. It's it's equally logical that that someone at another large internet firm might might code themselves up as well. My industry is finance. 
So you need to think through that as well and, and use those other terms and com combinations in your construct on your searching. And that's where good recruiters become great because they stop doing like, okay, my brain would do this and start going, how can I use the psychology of an individual and what someone might put in? How do I run a, um, there's an amazing bit of tech uh, in there, which is find what people like. Um, and honestly, if you put someone in front of me that's ex recruitment, ex on courses, I would interview them. Sadly, we look in the mirror when hiring quite a lot and like, okay, I understand the, the journey that that person has gone through and they've gone through something similar. So we give you the ability that goes, okay, you're looking like, discount job titles but let's go for like they've worked at this sort of firm and then this sort of firm and then this and in this industry let's surface these people towards you it goes back to the the emails like okay play to their psychology flatter people and they're gonna listen great anthony th th thank you for that and, and i guess the flip side of that coin is as uh when, when you're creating your profile on linkedin make sure you're putting those skills on on your profile right you could you could have the job title that perhaps matches but make sure you're advertising those skills as, as much as possible and, and, and your interests and, and these kind of things. Well, look, okay, I think that's it for today. Um, thanks to Anthony. Thanks, Chris. Um, if you have any questions or topics, email podcast at montash.com. Um, see you for our next published show on, on Tuesday. Thank you. Thanks, guys.